Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a Lights Camera Sports Podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. So happy to have you on board another week. And uh, with that, we're so lucky to be joined by the one and only head coach, Jeff Halfley from Boston College. First of all, Coach, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it, and uh, welcome aboard the Lights Camera Sports Podcast. Oh, I appreciate it, Mike. Thanks a lot for having me on. Uh, you being an alum, I wanted to make sure, you know, I know you and I have been in touch. I appreciate your support, and um, I want to make sure I can make some time for you, so thanks for having me on. We really, really appreciate it, Coach. And like I said, Coach, we'd like to pro- uh, introduce all our guests. And I want BC fans, as my primary demographic, to really learn about you, who might not know your story, if you don't mind, first off. So I know you grew up in Montville. Uh, you went to Montville High School in Montville, New Jersey. Just talk about growing up in New Jersey. What did you like to do growing up? Was football always your primary sport? Well, I grew up, um, you know, pretty small town. I grew up in North Jersey, very close to New York City. No, I played all. I played baseball. I played basketball. I played football. Um, you know, I played all three. You know, whatever season it was, I'd I'd play anything that I could. Just wanted to compete. Um, loved being outside. Just probably like most people. Um, but football was the sport that you know I loved the most. I loved college football. I loved the NFL. And from an early age, I knew I wanted to coach. Um, you know, even shoot, even when I was in high school, I knew I wanted to be a coach. So that that was really important to me. And, that's why I wanted to go on and play college football, um, you know, and, and try to keep learning and meeting people. And I mean, that was always my aspiration. Try to—I I knew I wasn't—I knew I wasn't going to be a, a very big-time player, and that wasn't going to be my career and my future. Uh, but I did want to coach, and I love the game. Then you went on to Siena. Talk about that experience. How did you go to Siena? And when you played football there from '97 to 2000, what was that like? And uh, your whole college football experience. Yeah, I went to Siena, which was about two hours north in New York, upstate New York, where I grew up. Uh, you know, they recruited me pretty hard. I really liked the head coach. He's actually the one who recruited me, Ed Zaloom. He actually went to WPI and, and gave me my first job coaching running backs at Worcester Polytech. So him and I hit it off. Um, went there, uh, moved from a high school quarterback to wide receiver. Um, you know, things were going really well my freshman year, and then my legs started to bother me. Um, I developed stress fractures in both legs. I continued to play uh, to the to the point where I developed something called compartment syndrome. Um, you know, where I, I couldn't feel my feet, my legs were going numb. Um, so eventually, I'd have surgery on both legs. I had to do that twice. So in and out of surgeries, I kept playing. Um, you know, did some things on the field, but during that time, it, that's when I really took another step and and said, you know what, I want to coach. Um, helped out while I was on crutches and, and couldn't run or play. I'd be in the booth during the games, um, helping them chart things. Um, I'd be watching film with the staff at a young age in college, helping out my friends who, you know, were playing and couldn't, you know, maybe couldn't understand some things we were trying to do. And then I came back, played, uh, finished out my senior year, played. And then um, after that, I, I went with the coach who recruited me to WPI and in Massachusetts and, and coached the running backs my first year. So that was, you know, not a not an all-star playing career by any means. Um, I don't pretend that it was, but continued to really allow me to do what I love, and that was coach football. 
And I'm curious, when you were at Siena, what, you're a Northeast guy. What did you know about BC when you going back from your playing days? If anything, maybe you didn't even think about BC. But what was your thoughts coming from Siena and playing there in, the, say, the late 90s? Did you ever watch BC at all? Yeah, I mean, growing up in North Jersey, yeah. BC was a, a team that we all watched. Um, you know, from a young kid remembering Doug Flutie to, you know, a, a lot of really good tradition. I mean, I'd been to games. I'd been to games with my family. Oh, wow. So you went to BC growing up? Yeah, I went to BC growing up. We had, uh, during our bye weeks at Siena, when we weren't playing, uh, one of my roommates lived in uh, Newton. So we would uh, we would go stay with him. And I went to BC games on our bye weeks. Um, I think I hung out in the mods a few times before <laughs> the games. So I was very, uh, shoot, maybe you were in there at the time. It was probably right around that time. So, oh, oh no! I was I graduated two thousand eight, so I was a little too young. Middle school yeah, for me. <laughs> that was probably between two thousand one, two. Yeah, no, probably from the late nineties to two thousand one. Yeah. Um, Those are good teams of Tom O'Brien. Yeah, they were good teams. So we'd come up, we we'd hang out on campus, and I'd go to the games. Um, and then when I started coaching, I actually I always worked at BC camp. You know, Boston College back in the day when you had all these overnight camps. Um, you know, BC's was the biggest one in the Northeast. Gotcha. And all the smaller schools would come and all the high school coaches would come. And I'd stay in the dorms. I, I think I stayed in Walsh for about three weeks because I'd work every session. And then I'd stay in the dorms through the weekend because I, I had no money. I was just trying to make ends meet by working camps, getting paid. Met Barry Gallup. Barry took care of me. Barry's wow. the best. And then, um, you know, I'd hang out in the dorms. And then, you know, uh, venture into Boston on the weekends, come back, work the camp the next week, do the same, come back for three weeks, I'd stay here and work the camp. So knew all about BC, spent time here, watched games here, um, had a ton of respect for the school, for the tradition. Um, this is somewhere, you know, when I, to be very honest with you, when I left, um, when I left the 49ers and went to Ohio State, it's because I wanted to be a head coach. And I circled a few jobs that really fit me geographically, identity, who I am. Um, in places that I could see myself, and Boston College was one of them. So, you know, it was very special for me to come here, and, um, you know, I'm grateful to be a part of it. And I was going over your coaching, uh, your history, your tree this last night. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I got WPI, Albany, Pittsburgh, the University of Pittsburgh, Rutgers, then the NFL, Tampa, Cleveland, San Francisco, and then Ohio State in BC. Was that your kind of your track? Yeah, I started off at WPI coaching running backs. Um, and that was one of those, you know, basically like an intern job, but yeah. you're, you're coaching your own position, you're recruiting your own area. Then I went to be a graduate assistant in Albany, New York. Um, I started off co coaching defensive tackles there, moved to linebackers, and eventually became the DB coach. Then I went to Pitt, um, and I stayed there for five years. I was a GA for a year and a half, and then I got hired full-time. And Coach Wanstead, you know, he really changed my life and, and gave me a great opportunity I was very fortunate there to, to be able to work with Darrell Rivas, who, you know, congrats to him, just made it to the Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, I say all the time, I, I thought I was a thought I was a really good coach. It's just he turned out to be a really good player. <laughs> There's not many like him out there, and he's an incredible person. And then I was there. I was there. We were, we were pretty good. We were a top 10 team, top 14 team, top 25 team. And then I went to Rutgers for a year. I had some good players there, Logan Ryan. Um, you know, we were a top 10 secondary there. Coach of DBs there. I had Logan Ryan, Deron Harmon, both played a long time in the NFL. Um, then I went to Tampa. In my first year, I was the assistant DB coach, and then I became the DB coach my second year. 
Um, and Rondé Barber, again, lucky, lucky to be around a Hall of Famer. Um, congrats to him. You want to talk about an incredible person. Um, he was 37 at the time. I was 30. He kind of wow. he kind of took me in, and we became really close. Um, you know, showed me how to coach at the NFL players, how to coach in the NFL. Um, so I had him for two years. Akeem Talib was in that room. Akeem, another great player. Um, so again, as I'm young, I'm getting around really good players, learning, coaching. Um, and then I went to the Cleveland Browns to coach the DBs. I had three Pro Bowlers there. We were top five secondary in the NFL. I had Joe Hayden, uh, Tashawn Gibson, who uh, that was his first Pro Bowl. He just played well for the Niners. And then um, Dante Whitner, who's one of the best safeties I've ever been around. Um, phenomenal player. Coach Jimmy Leonard there, who was just at Wisconsin. Um, so, again, really fortunate to be around good players. And I went to San Francisco with Chip Kelly. Um, yep. And then he was fired after one season there. Um, you know, and I love Chip. Chip's doing a great job at UCLA. And then when Chip got fired, um, the Niners kept me. Kyle Shanahan was taking the job. Kyle was with me in Cleveland. He was the offensive coordinator. Him and I were really close, going back and forth, talking a lot of football. So Kyle and I have a really good relationship. So I stayed out with the Niners. I coached the DBs there. And, um, you know, I had Richard Sherman, uh, Antoine Bethay, Jimmy Ward, just, some again, some really good players you know, Sherman's probably the third Hall of Famer I've mentioned, and um, just very fortunate to be around really good players and really good coaches. Robert Sala was the defensive coordinator. Him and I very, became very close, talked a lot of football. Obviously, he's now with the Jets. Um, and then I kind of came to a crossroad, Mike. It was I had the opportunity to coordinate in the NFL. I could have stayed with the Niners. And then Ryan Day got the job at Ohio State and called me. And at first, I told him there's no way I was going back to college football. I was an NFL guy. And uh, the more I thought about it with my wife, um, you know, we miss college football. We miss the relationships, the young people. And, um, you know, I wanted to coordinate and I watched the film. They didn't have a lot of success the year before. And I saw some really good players and kind of took a shot. I went there and I was there for about 10 months. Um, you know, again, had some really good players and a really good staff. And we went 13-0 and and played good defense. And the next thing I knew, BC was calling. And that's, I mean, that's my journey. I mean, I started off lining fields and cleaning helmets and making sure the equipment shed was right and set up my own drills and I learned how to coach and recruit and then I went to the NFL and really learned how to coach because that's all you do and if you don't you will get exposed really fast uh, especially on game day and um, you know obviously I came here and first year was COVID had some success about through a lot second year was still kind of COVID um, you know and again went to a bowl game unfortunately didn't play because of COVID again you know, and then last year, you know, last year we struggled, and you know, I, I think the the future's bright. Um, we got a good young team, very young, uh, returned most of our players, and I, I think we're building it the right way. And and then um, I think the future's bright. I'm really excited. I'm excited for spring. Um, I'm excited to be back now in the office around these players and off the road. And college football's wild right now, man. Let me tell you. But I think we've I think we've had a heck of an off season. So let me, and let me just go back to your career too. I think I don't think people realize you're a young guy, but you've had all that little stops and the amount of moving it takes and the coaching lifestyle, and you said you work in the BC camps till now, a relatively short time, coach. It's just talk about if you don't mind going too deep, but just the whole coaching lifestyle, how tough it is year after year to move around. Yeah, I mean it's hard. I mean, so I was at you know I was at Pitt for five years, and that's a long time. It's a long coaching. time. And then then you get to Rutgers for one and. You know, that was by choice. I moved on. and But, again, you got to move. You got to pick up and you got to move your family. And 
you got to start over. And then I'm I'm in Tampa for two, and then bang, I got to move to Cleveland. And I'm in Cleveland for two, and then I'm in San Francisco for three. And that league, it's the NFL. You're going to move once every once every two years. I mean, it's hard. It's really hard unless you get on a team that does really well and has success. And then you're still probably going to move because you want to continue to climb. But for a coach, I mean, you got to have a really supportive family, a really supportive wife, and and I'm fortunate to have that um, because there's a lot of moves where I kind of I kind of get on a plane and go to work, and and the family has to pick up and get the moving truck and show up, and it's probably harder for them than it is for me because I kind of have a built-in group of people that I'm around, and um, there's new schools, and it's difficult. It's difficult for coaches, and that's you know when I came here. You know, a lot of people, um, you know, they thought, you know, I was just going to try to be one or two and leave. Um, after my first year, Mike, the Lions called and wanted to interview me, and I turned it, I turned that down. Um, As a head coach for Lions? Yeah, the Lions called and wanted to interview me. They, they called the AD and put in a request to interview me for the head job, and I turned it down. Um, we really like it here. After the second season, I had two schools call and um, want to interview me, and I didn't. And I signed a, a five-year extension, and um, that was before the last season. So, you know, I, I've shown that I, I want to be here. I like it here, and there's work to be done here. And yeah. it doesn't go unnoticed that we weren't good enough last year, but we're going to get there, and this is where I want to be. And that's, you know, I showed that with my actions. Let, let the last couple of minutes we have here, Ohio State, you're decoordinated to BC. What did you know, and what did Ryan Day, who used to be assistant coach here, what did he tell you about BC? What did you know about BC coming in, in addition to the summer camps you worked? But I guess, what was your mindset three years ago until now? Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Well, I never, I didn't go to Ohio State to leave after a year. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, I didn't want to do that to Ryan because I know that, I mean, it's hard when a guy comes in and installs some stuff and then kind of picks up and leaves. Um, you know, it takes time to rebound from that sometimes. And I didn't want to do that to Ryan. So we talked a lot about it. There were some other schools that were calling. And um, like I said, when I when I left the NFL, BC was a school I kind of had circled as a place that, you know, I, I would want to be. So we had a conversation. I knew how Ryan felt about this place. And, you know, he tried to, he, he tried to make it work so I would stay. And ultimately, I just, I knew enough about it. Um, you know, to me, Mike, and, and again, if we go over a few minutes, that's fine. So don't don't think you are have to rush through this here because, um, you know, I, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Um, to me, I wanted to be – there were things that were important to me. Location was important to me, right? My family is very important. This is a great place to live. There's great school systems. There's great people. Um, it's who we are. We're Northeast people. And it's somewhere where I felt comfortable moving my family and my two girls. And – the academic piece was really important to me. Um, you know, coaching the NFL, you get really close with those guys, and it's a really hard league, and it doesn't last long. And you could go one year, two year, three years, and then some of those guys, they don't have great degrees. They never had real internships. They never had set themselves up for life after football. And if I was going to come back to help people, I wanted to make sure I went somewhere where 
regardless of football, if I could help them get a degree, I could change their lives because ultimately that's why I'm here. At the end of the day, if I can change lives, that's the most important thing to me. The academics is so important and it's so good here at BC. You combine the academic tradition of Boston College with a major city like Boston and the job opportunities, I mean, that's a home run. And that was really, really important to me. The other thing is I wanted to go to a place I was going to do it the right way. And, I mean, you know, BC, it's is it going to be a little harder in some things? Yeah, it is, 100%. But it's also better because we're doing it the right way. And I've said it, we're not cutting corners and trying to cheat. And if we do that and we continue to work really hard and get the right people, we're going to be really good. Um, all that weighed into me wanting to come here. And ultimately, that's why I took the job. What is it uh, that you're looking for for BC? The uh, There's obviously new facilities there for recruiting. What questions do you hear from players where BC could approve and you can make that even that next step that you mentioned before? Well, we just we just got to we just have to develop our young players. Um, you know, last year, 37 of the 44, 36 of the 44 in the two deep were first or second year players. I mean, you got to get old. You have to develop and you have to have seniors and fifth year seniors. Uh, to really go on a roll here. Um, we had a lot of key contributors, especially late last year. I think you saw the the young talent that we have. I mean, I think the misnomer is I've, I've, only, I've had two recruiting classes. This is my third that's coming in right now. So the freshmen, sophomores, I haven't had, I know it was year three, but I had two classes. I got here after the signing date was already done. I was coaching in the playoffs. So again, no disrespect to anybody. We have great players, some great ones that are older, but we're young. We're really young. We need to develop our players. And when you start to look right now and you go in the weight room and you see some of these kids are starting to, they're starting to look different It's because they're also getting older. We played in a league this year with a lot of fifth and sixth-year seniors. We didn't have a lot of fifth and sixth-year seniors. Uh, we went down to NC State with a freshman quarterback and a freshman wide receiver in the two-minute drive and, and beat them with a lot of young guys on that team. Now, we had some vets, too. I won't take that away from them at all. Some really good ones. But – we need to develop these young players physically, mentally, um, and teach them the game. So by the time they're seniors and fifth-year seniors, I mean, we're, we're, we're getting where we want to be. Um, we brought in some good transfers that I felt like we needed to at certain positions to raise the level of competition. Um, and that's something that was really important to me as I looked at things that I needed to do better this offseason. I think we signed eight. Um, at key positions that now we have depth and we'll have competition at. That's the key to everything. Um, so really, that's that, those are the things, Mike, that that I'm looking at. And do you think specifically, though, BC can compete with a Clemson and can win ACC championship? That's the number one question I get is can BC, just with the resources available to you, can they win in an ACC championship? Well, I mean, you, you, just, you just pick Clemson, right? I mean – you need to. Clemson's the gold standard of our conference. And, you know, we're, we're up 28-10 my first year against them, and we lose, so we lost. The second year, um, we drop a snap on the 10-yard line going in to score to beat them there. And no one's beat them there in how many games now? I mean, it's been a long time, right? So Yeah, 2007, I believe. Yeah, you're, you're a BC guy, and you want to win, and, and our fans want to win, and I want to win. And I don't think anybody's going to take a job if – they don't think they can do it. I think you have to have you have to have goals, um, and you just can't say I want to get here. I think you have to gradually build up to those goals, and and that's what we're working to do right now. And 
we're giving everything that we have, and I will continue to do that. And then looking back, 2022, the number one question I get is the offensive line. How can we progress and make that better for 2023? Easy. Stay healthy and get experience. Um, you have a freshman All-American in center. You have a left tackle in Ozzie Trapillo, who I think is going to be a star. You get Christian Mahogany back, who was injured. Um, you have uh, Kevin Klein coming back, who was injured. I mean, last year was difficult, not just because of the youth, but because of the injuries. And now we have a lot of guys who played, and now a lot of guys have experience. And we need to develop the older guys because they're getting better. And then we brought in some transfers to compete. I mean, we brought one kid in who started every game at left tackle for an ACC school and we brought another guy to compete who was an all-conference player in his conference and then you got all the guys that played last year and they go out to practice and they need to work their asses off and it needs to be a physical physical practice because we need to run the ball and it needs to be revolving around those guys we have more numbers we have good young players um, so I'm excited about our future up front that's a great segment. My last question. 2023 now, Coach, looking ahead. Looks like you have the 38th, according to Rivals, best re- re- uh, recruiting team coming in. Do I have 21 commits? Is that correct? Off the high school? In 2023, I think we brought in 17. 17. So, okay, the 2022 I was looking at. Yeah. Yeah, and then we brought in the eight transfers. So I saved some room for transfers. So it's a smaller class, um, but I really like the players. I think you'll see, kind of like last year, and we played a bunch of those freshmen like Joe Griffin and, um, you know, Broom and Franklin. And, I mean, we got some good young players, and I think you'll see the same thing with this class. And what should we expect? I, I, I like the schedule a lot. No Clemson on the schedule. I, I think that's a good one. I like that. And But what do you think, 2023, just the mindset? Obviously, you're, you're looking for an offensive corner. You could say if you know who it's going to be right here. I know you, might, you can't announce it, but – uh, what's your take for the mindset for uh, let's start offense first and then defense just going into 2023 well I'll just kind of sum it up I think we're a, yes thank I you think, I think I think we're a team that um, has a lot of energy right now watching us in the offseason um, I think it's their attitude it's their effort they're energized I think the last couple of games with some of the success some of these young players have had has given them a taste and it's pushing them a little bit harder um, I think our team is, is really um, becoming close, and I, you know, I'm not. I'm not looking ahead right now to 2023, the season. We got we got work to do. Um, Spring practice. It's been hard. It's winter workouts. It's it's early morning lifts and drills and spring practice starts. So what what are we going to look like in the spring? What is the identity of this team? Every team's different, Mike, and every year is different. And who is this team going to be? And that's what we need to develop now. And that's why it has to be hard now. Um, and then we'll find out what we look like in the spring, and then we'll get to training camp, and then we'll worry about 2023, the schedule. Uh, but these guys will be ready. They have a, they have a really good attitude, and um, I like the way they're clicking right now. What's, what is a goal? Doing mentioned we've got to go through spring, though. Well, what's a realistic goal, you think, for 2023 in Boston College football? I'll answer that in training camp once I see what we got. I'm not, we got a lot of goals to hit before we get to that one. And then lastly, uh, Emmett Moorhead, do you, do you think he's the, always the focus on a QB? You think he's feeling good as we head into that year? And or will there be some competition in the QB position? Well, I think there's competition in every position. Um, but Emmett's a guy that's starting to lead this team. Um, he led him last year, and those last four games, you could see it. And um, going into going to this offseason, he's, he's trying to make it his team, and you can see that in every way. And um, 
the guys believe in him, Mike, and I think that's really important. The offense believes in him. The defense believes in him. The coaches believe in him. He's got an incredible presence about him. He's got a toughness. Obviously, he has the size and the arm talent, and he's played now a little bit. I mean, he had some some success against Duke, and then he did what he did against NC State. He showed some toughness at the end of the year when he got knocked around a little bit. So you got a team that believes in him, and now you got a guy who's trying to lead, um, and he's young, and we need to develop him. Uh, but he's got a chance, and, and I'm really excited. He's a he's a smart, tough guy who he loves ball. There's no one working, no one gonna outwork him. So I'm excited about him, and I'm excited to see what he can do. Like I said, I like I like this team. Um, they're young, but they're talented, and they got a lot of energy, and they're good kids. So, but I appreciate you having me on, man. Um, and coach, this is my. I respect the fact that you went here, and I'm glad I could help you out. But well, you gotta let me know how you like Boston and your family. How do they like Boston? How are they living there? And uh, what what do you like outside of campus? What do you like to do for fun in the summer and, and to relax? Well, I, I mean, if I when I get away, I go hang out with my wife and kids. Um, it's you know I'm not a guy that's gonna go spend ten hours golfing because I don't have a lot of time at home. So when I do, I need to be around my family. So whatever it is, I love I love living here. They love living here. Um, and that's that's a big part of, of why why we are here, um, which is very important to me. So I appreciate you asking that question. Okay, coach, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate it. And listen, I like I was there, Matt Ryan, those big times. It's a lot of fun, and the beast, the boss community really gets behind it when the winning's going. You're competing. I remember a big time game against Virginia Tech. The Red Sox won the World Series, and BC almost dominated that coverage of that time. So when the train gets going, Boston's a fun, fun place to win. So best of luck, Coach. I appreciate it, Mike. Thanks a lot for having me on, man. Okay, take care. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.